0: Check, check, mic check. Check, check, mic check. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast Envy, episode 66. I'm your podcast boss, Andrea Klender. And before we get to today's interview with Pam Rubius, I want you to grab a cup of your favorite coffee and something to take notes. Why coffee? Because as a self-proclaimed coffee lover, Pam's podcast is called Café con Pam, And as a self-proclaimed recovered procrastinator turned productivity coach, Pam's going to say things that are going to spark new ideas in your mind about how you can approach your podcast as a way to create the very thing that you want that doesn't exist yet. If this sounds familiar, that's because it harkens back to Adela Mizrachi's story about Podcast Brunch Club from episode 65. Creating exactly what it is that you want sounds good, right? I thought so. And let me buy you a little more time with that cup of coffee. French Press takes a few minutes after all. Here are some specific things to listen out for in this episode. Diversity within women's voices in podcasting. The changing landscape of podcasting over time since Pam started in 2016 in terms of resources, software, and opportunities. Building a show as a resource for people during COVID and shelter in place and how Pam decided to switch up her content calendar to be more responsive. Side note, we recorded this conversation back in May of 2020, pre-George Floyd. And yet, a lot of this conversation is directly applicable to supporting listeners around the anti-racism movement as well. Specifically, since then, Pam has released some wonderful episodes around how to talk about racism in your personal circles also we talked about not being afraid to show up fully on her show and for her listeners and putting the pieces of a varied career together in a way that truly makes sense productivity as hustle and grind versus finding flow, and stay listening to the very end of the episode for an example of one of my favorite parts of doing podcast interviews, which Candace Wu and I talked about on episode 63. Working something out together in real time, creating a moment that can never be replicated elsewhere, where between the two of us, we come to a new understanding about something as a result of our conversation. Rather than the same old same old podcast interview format of being two experts talking about experty things, you'll get to hear from Pam in just a moment, but first, I want to invite you to come on the show. Yet again, I'm trying something new and bringing podcast envy office hours to podcast envy the show. Here's how it works. In the show notes, you'll find a link to a short form. I promise it's short. Click it, and you'll see a list of available topics for us to discuss, or you can select a specific question out of the clear blue sky to ask about podcasting. Fill out the form, and if I think I can help you, I'll reach out to schedule a time for us to connect. You'll get a totally complimentary one-on-one coaching session with your podcast boss, that's me, and select sessions will air right here on Podcast Envy. This opportunity is available to podcasters at all stages of their work, from concept and not yet launched, to podcasting for years and just needing some kind of a shift. One-on-one sessions with me are normally priced at $250, so don't wait. Book your free session with me ASAP before the offer ends. Okay, that French press cuppa should be good and ready now. You will find links to connect with the incredible Pam Covarrubias in the show notes for this episode at thecreativeimpostercom forward slash 66 including her popular Power Sisters program, which you'll hear about in the interview, which is starting right now. Pam, I just realized I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Covarrubias. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I can't say that. Wait, Koba, Koba,
1: Ru, Ru. Can you roll your Rs? You can do. You yeah. You don't have to. You can say Koba, Rubius. Koba,
0: Rubius. Yeah. Pam Koba Rubius. Thank you so much for joining me on podcast envy. Thank you for having me. Where did you say you're
1: tuning in from right now? San Diego. Sunny San Diego.
0: Sunny San Diego. Much sunnier than it is in Chicago today, for sure. So tell us a little bit about
1: Café Con Pam. Totally. This is fun. It's been a long time since I've done that conversation. Café Con Pam began because I was still doing corporate. I was in my corporate job doing sales training. I was traveling a ton all over the country, and I'm a dancer, so... If I listen to music, I'm going to get up and dance. So I don't listen to music when I travel because I want to get up and dance. And I discovered podcasts. I mean, I had discovered podcasts, but that's when I really started listening a ton to all these podcasts. And I kept hearing stories of people doing amazing things and all this cool stuff. But none of them or very few of them looked and sounded like me. I was wondering like, where are the people with the weird to pronounce last names? Where are (laughs) the people, the bilinguals, the immigrants, where are they? And those conversations were, I couldn't find them. So I went on this search for Latinx podcasts and there were probably four and none of them were interview-based podcasts. And that's what I loved because I would travel a lot by myself. I would find myself in these interviews feeling like I was hanging out with them. So that was like, oh, yeah, I'm hanging out with my friends. And so when I was traveling by myself, so nobody was doing it. So I did. And I started the podcast that I needed when I was growing up. How long ago was that? 2016.
0: Mm. Wow, that's amazing. So how many episodes in are you
1: right now? Right now, I'm 155. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I know that you and I met at She Podcast Live last year. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I thought was great about that conference, though it was mostly women there, from a diversity perspective of different types of women's voices that I don't always see reflected in other podcast industry events. Totally. Not as prevalent there. Like I felt like there was a great mix of people that are not the usual people that I find at say like podcast movement or something like that. And I met so many interesting people that really helped me to think about podcasting and my own show and my own
1: approach in different ways. Totally. I agree. That's why I love She Podcast and Elsie and, and Jess, because they really opened up the doors to to women that have not been heard. And believe me, I applied to all the things and maybe it has to do with my pitch, right? <laughs> but how do I say this? Let me think about how do I say this nice. I mean, I feel like the clout is what brings a lot of time the speakers. And so the smaller people, for lack of a better word, get less opportunities. And I think She Podcast was a space that they were like, we don't care about your followers or if you have a book or if you have a TEDx talk, we care about your voice because your voice matters to come and share it and everyone that showed up every person that was there I feel like they all believed it.
0: Once you started this show and you were like okay I don't hear this show I can't find it this is what I'm looking for I can't find it I'm going to make it myself do you think that the podcasting landscape has changed in the past four years do you think that it's become more diverse and do you feel like you've influenced anybody?
1: Who? (laughs) I think it's definitely changed a ton from the resources to the voices that we're hearing because the um, opportunities have expanded in many ways, right? The software like Squadcast wasn't available back then. Believe me, I searched for all the things back in 2016 of how to do an er interview via distance. And the only thing that was available was very expensive. And I was like, I'm doing this out of my pocket money like let's figure it out make it scrappy make it ugly and so yeah 100% this change I think there's a ton more opportunities for people to raise their voice to speak up to really show up for whatever cost it is that moves them and do I think that I've influenced people I would hope so I think I've heard some comments (laughs) humbly saying so (laughs) I mean, and that that frankly is the point. It's not for me to influence people. It's for for the stories that I share to influence people. So to answer the question, I think I've opened and created a space for others to raise their voice so they can influence people.
0: And then in terms of, you know, creating and opening that space and providing this platform for people to listen to, you had mentioned that one of the things that you loved about listening to podcasts while you were traveling is that you felt connected you felt like you were a part of the conversation have you ever seen that meme this is so off topic but it popped in my head immediately <laughs> you know that meme on social media where it's like a guy and he's sitting next to a billboard of yes. people eating ice cream and he's like eating ice cream by himself but next to the billboard like he's part of their conversation yes. and this is like me listening to podcasts
1: <laughs> totally yes
0: <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> How do you think that your show is a resource for people, especially during this time that we have shelter in place, that we have pandemic, that we have, you know, all this craziness going around, around COVID-19, coronavirus. How do you think that your show is supporting your listeners, your community through this time?
1: In many ways. So one is I'm really bringing people that are resilient with their story. And actually I've shifted my editorial calendar. As soon as the pandemic arrived, I have, side note, I have about 20 interviews pre-recorded. So I have a ton of interviews that I have to release. And typically I release them in the order that they were recorded, first in, first out, right? And so the pandemic arrived and I was like, okay, this story, while it's amazing, whatever we talked about is not relevant to going through a crisis. So we shifted it to the end and then I continued to do interviews all the time. So the people that I was talking to, we were talking about the pandemic. So they got moved to the top of the queue because it was relevant. And because podcasts are so evergreen, it didn't make sense for me to push them at the end because by the time people get to it or by the time I get to posting it, which is 20 weeks from now, who knows what the world is going to be like. So I had to shift the content that I was posting based on the interviews and my guests and the conversations. And I also started showing up more because one thing that I have is that I do a ton and people often get confused in what I do. And so (laughs) I got trained to do EFT tapping and I love tapping. Tapping has been a tool that I've been using for a long time and I love it. But for me showing up with tapping was like, ooh, now it's gonna be one more thing that Pam does. It's gonna be way too much. So I didn't show up with it. And then the pandemic came and one morning I was like, okay, I need to show up and I need to tap with people. So I went on Instagram live without telling anyone. So it was like against all the rules, right? I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> I just showed up. Yeah. And this is like way early, like March. I showed up and I was like, okay, I'm going to teach you guys how to tap. And they were like, oh, what is this? And I'm like, humor me here. I've been doing this for a long time. It's something new I know. And it brought so much relief for people, so much. And they were like, thank you for, for showing us this because we were living with this uncertainty, this anxiety, this like stress of not knowing what comes next or what's gonna happen tomorrow. Cause this was way early. And so that basically reinforced the fact that I also need to not be afraid to show up. And so I did an episode about tapping after that cause I kept showing up live sometimes daily, sometimes once a week. I just kept showing up when I felt called to do it. And people kept telling me like, this is great. Like more people need to know about it. So I released the episode where I explained what tapping is and I've gotten like great feedback and it's all about helping others. And it's all about really utilizing the platform that I have to give back.
0: I listened to that episode and I thought it was adorable how you were like, okay, I'm going to tell you guys about this thing and you were like, let thing. me explain it to you and then we're going to do it. But wait, first I have to tell you this. It was because you were, you were introducing this thing that may be very new for listeners. And in fact, I'd love for you just to share a little bit more about what that is. I mean, I know, I know what it is, but I don't know if all of my listeners know exactly what it is. They're like, what is this tapping thing?
1: Yes. The term is EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques, and it's basically emotional acupuncture. So if you've ever gone to or heard of acupuncture, it's based on Chinese meridian points in the body. And what tapping does is we have 13 points that we use only, so we don't have to memorize the whole body. It's only 13 and it's a recipe that we follow to release emotions, to release trapped feelings that we have in our body. Because our bodies hold on to so much, yeah. especially when we're under under stress. This uncertainty—I feel like it's a super overused word right now. Yeah. <laughs> all these unprecedented times right now, oh, God. <laughs> right? With what's happening in the world, with the crisis that we're dealing with, our bodies are holding on to so much, and many times we don't know that the headache that we have is really stress. And so, what tapping does is it allows us to release, to regulate. Ourselves, so we can think a little bit more clearly.
0: Yeah. And you're using your fingers to tap on those mm-hmm. specific points. Yep. While saying some various statements out loud as well. So you're using language, you're using different parts of your brain and also the physical sensation of these different energetic points on the body. Yes. Yeah. Look at you.
1: So, yeah. So it's based on acupuncture, meridian points, NLP, neuro linguistic programming. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of science behind it. It's an amazing tool.
0: One of the things that I wanted to ask you about, because you mentioned that (laughs) you were worried that your listeners are going to be like, okay, Pam does 5 million things. (laughs) Where are you now? Like, are you fully supported by your own business? And what does that business look like?
1: So right now I am a business coach and I help people feel confident, increase their productivity and boost their sales through the power of self-exploration. So I was able to combine all the things into into coaching, essentially. And that came about from having a coach because I was doing formerly, I was a brand strategist. So as soon as I left my corporate job, I was done. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast, but I was like, <laughs> like I'm done tomorrow, done. Yeah. And so the moment I left it, I was like, what's the first thing I can do? Because I left without a plan and my degrees in graphic design. So I've built brands for a long time. I've always built it on the side, even though when I was in corporate, I always had a side side gig. So that was the next thing that I could do that I knew I didn't need training. It was the quickest thing that I could launch right away. So I became a brand strategist. And as I was doing brand strategy work and consulting for small businesses, my coach was like, Pam, you're coaching. And I was (laughs) like, but I'm not, you know, and especially because I live in San Diego and San Diego is the land of the coaches. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh And so, (laughs) so it was like, I'm not, I'm really like, I denied it for a long time. And it was, and it truly, at the end of the day, it was a limited belief that I had internally. So finally my coach, she pushed me and she was like, you're coaching. So why don't you get into that and really like hone into it? So took a long time and now I'm a certified coach and my specialty because I love doing and because I did it for a long time with a brand strategy is small businesses. And because really, truly my why is my mom was a small business owner and she didn't have anyone to help her. Mm. And I saw her decline growing up because she didn't have anyone to help her. She didn't have a coach. And I saw that her confidence went down. I saw that she was not productive and I'm a recovering procrastinator. So that's where the productivity comes. And the self-exploration comes from all my spiritual side. So the pieces of the puzzle came together in this coaching thing that I denied for a long time.
0: (laughs) I love that. When you're open to self-exploration and personal development, I think that happens more often than not because I can even say that for my journey as well, being a podcast producer, consultant, and editor, I would have never in high school or college even have, I mean, first of all, well, I didn't know what a podcast was, but I, ne- <laughs> I would have never imagined that to be my future career or something that I aspired to do. And then, you know, you look at I was a singer, I was a theater person, I was a performer, and then I studied film and video production in college, and then I went into arts administration, then I started teaching yoga. It's like, what on earth is that trajectory? And then here we are, we come with podcasting, and I get to combine voice work, I get to combine performance, I get to combine mindfulness and breathing and teaching and all of these different things and the tech stuff that I learned in my video production degree. So it's sort of
1: like you can't really see how all those pieces fit together when you're collecting them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I say that to clients. I actually had a call with someone recently and and she was in the space of like, I want to get there. I see you doing it. I see this person and I am ready. And I'm like, I'm sorry, my friend, you have to go through the process. Otherwise, You're not. Mm -hmm. You're ready when you're ready, right? So yeah, I think embracing that process is also super important. There's
0: that heavenly music that lets us know that it's podcast angel time. That heavenly moment in the episode where I invite you to partake in some wonderful podcasting product, service, company, or opportunity that I think may be just the thing that you are looking for. And when you say yes... That supports the production of this show, too. This week, I'm inviting you to Podcast Envy's Craft and Culture. This is my exclusive members-only corner of the internet hosted on patreon.com, where you can get all your podcasting questions answered. Support around growth and expansion, inspiration, ideas, resources galore for just... $5 per month, you will get access to my growing library of podcast masterclasses and our super secret podcast feed where you get to send me questions about your show, and then I answer them on the podcast. Upgrade to VIP and you'll also get twice monthly mastermind chats for real time FaceTime online with me and a shout out right here on Podcast Envy. Our next craft and culture mastermind chat will be all about brushing up your podcast interview skills for a standout approach to the most potentially boring podcast format. Yep, I said it, interviews can be boring don't let that happen to you. Join me at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash craft and culture linked, of course, oh, so conveniently in the episode show notes at thecreativeimposter.com forward slash pod envy 066. Craft and culture is for you. If you are a true do it yourself podcaster who just doesn't want to do it alone. And how does your podcast fit into your business and your coaching? Like where does it fit into that ecosystem?
1: It didn't until it did because it was (laughs) a completely, yeah, it was a completely separate entity. And that's why I have two Instagrams because the podcast was just the podcast. And I, I didn't wanna mix what I do with the podcast, but then most of my clients that are in my program, my group coaching program, they've come from the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I also had to realize that people know me and they know me a lot more than I think sometimes <laughs> because they listen to me. Yeah. And so it's a much warmer. I feel like the the relationship is more built with my listeners than yeah. if I was to go out and be like, "Hey everyone, this is what I do." It would it would take a lot longer for them to get to know me whereas the people that listen to me, they they ask me about my dog and I'm like, okay, so you really know about me. <laughs> so it didn't until it until I realized that it 100% did. And that's why I'm now doing tapping episodes and I'm gonna do more tapping episodes because people keep asking me. I did a tapping one for Mother's Day because I, as an empath, I felt like the incredible grief around that day. It was, yeah. it was so heavy. And so I couldn't do a post about Mother's Day, like a happy post about Mother's Day, even though I have my mother and I love her. And I I almost feel like she resented the fact that I wasn't doing a happy post, but <laughs> I was feeling the grief and the sadness that a lot of people were feeling. And so I did an episode around that. And so now it does make sense. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting to me because... I feel like you're somebody who knows a lot about your listeners, and I know that sometimes that can be hard for podcasters, especially when they're newer and they're starting off. Podcasting can sometimes feel like a very one-way medium, where it's Mm -hmm. just like me or me and my guest recording a thing and sending it out to these people who I know are listening because I see numbers in my hosting stats, Right. but I don't necessarily know who those numbers represent. But I feel like you have more of a sense of who some of your listeners might be. How would you describe your listeners?
1: Amazing. <laughs> I, <laughs> so one thing that I did is I gave them a name. So I call them Manis. And Manis is short for Hermanis, which is sisters. Mm-hmm. Sisters, brothers. So Manis is a gender-neutral term. So sister, brother, sibling. And I talk to them like they are part of my family because mm-hmm. they really are. And I respond to them and I ask them questions and I, I care. I really, truly care about what they say because deeply rooted, my podcast did not start to promote my business. Mm-hmm. It truly started to share stories and to show others that they could do it. And so in order for me to keep going, I need to know what they're thinking. So I talk to them about it. I use social media a lot to really connect and my listeners won't let me lie that I respond to every single message that I get unless it's a promotion. So, how would I describe them? I would describe them as loving, caring individuals that they really connect with their culture and the community, like me. We're really good friends. <laughs> and you had talked about
0: how you were shifting your content strategy in the time of COVID. I've been calling it the pandemic podcasting pivot that people have been <laughs> making and You've also mentioned that you have an empathic way of connecting with what is the overall feeling that we're getting here. And so how are you thinking about the way that you're showing up? At this time, you can be a podcaster who's bringing information, right? Who's like, okay, let me sort through the facts. This is what's true. This is what isn't. This is what I read here. This is what this interview said. You can be the person who's keeping it serious and keeping it real and like talking about really deep, difficult stuff. You can be the person who's helping to entertain them and distract them and give them a breath of fresh air from all the heavy stuff. Where do you see yourself fitting in for your audience at this time? And what response have you gotten back from them?
1: Well, I see myself as someone who can show up to have a real conversation. Conversation, whatever that means. Sometimes I get messages and they're like, I'm having a really bad day. And so I'm like, okay, let's tap about it. So we go into a live thing, like a private live or whatever, hmm. and we tap and I've done 15 minute tapping sessions with people because they need it. And if they want to have a funny conversation, we can talk about it too. Because I'm not a reporter, I'm their sister that they come hang out with. And when they have a bad day, they can come hang out and talk to me about it. And when they're having a good day, we can celebrate their wins. And when they are just feeling blah, then I tell them to get it together and get something done, right? (laughs) Because I'm a recovering procrastinator too. So, (laughs) and sometimes you don't, especially during this time. Sometimes it's like, look, if you need rest, you need rest. If you don't feel like getting it done, take a nap totally valid. I mean, there's a reason why people in Europe take naps in the middle of the day, because sleep is restorative for our body. We need it. And so how do I show up? I show up to give them value, to hold space for them and to be the realist I can be, because I also have hard days. And what have I heard from them is that they want me to keep tapping. It's really mm. interesting. Another thing I didn't want to do... <laughs> <laughs> i actually got a message from one of the girls in my group and she was like i went through i had this really hard time and so i tapped and maybe i didn't have all the words to tap but i tapped and helped so yeah. thank you for sharing and i'm like you know what that makes my day like the fact that i helped you it makes my day yeah
0: And I know that you have mentioned before that you have a group coaching program called Power Sisters. Mm -hmm. Is that the group that you just referred to or is that a different? Yes. So tell us a little bit more about what that is and how that relates to the ecosystem of your business, your show, your brand.
1: All the things. So because I'm a recovering procrastinator, one of the things that I've realized that helps me with my procrastination is accountability. And ever since college, my best friend in college, Meg, shout out to Megan, she showed me how to be a power sister because we would go out running. And like I mentioned before, I'm a dancer. And so I went to college in Missouri, actually, this little tiny town in Missouri, and there were no dance studios for adults and anything was for little girls. And I was like, I need to move my body. So Megan was like, let's go running. And I was like, I don't know how to run. Like, (laughs) what is that? (laughs) So we started running. And of course, because I had never run, I don't know how to run. I had these like terrible shin splints. And so Meg, she would come to my house. She would text me like, okay, are you ready? And I'd be like, no, because it hurts. Like, I'm not coming. So she would come to my house, knock on my door. And she'd be like, it's time to go. Because if you don't go, I don't go. And I really want to go. So let's go. And that is so powerful because I really understood the power of committing to another person. And ever since then, I went into my corporate life and I kept finding power sisters. I kept finding colleagues or people that were aligned kind of like on the same level that I was. And I'm like, okay, so what are your goals? What are you doing this week? How are you getting things done? Because if I don't tell anyone it's not going to happen. And there are studies that show that once you tell someone what you're going to do, it increases your chances from Mm. 65% to 95% of getting it done. So when it came time to me creating a program to offer to my listeners, I started Power Sisters, which is a group coaching program where I pair people up with their own Power Sisters. They not only get group coaching with the group, but they also get their one power sister yeah. and they meet once a week and they share their goals and their intentions. And then we meet as a group and I do the group coaching, I do tapping, I do all the things. And it's so fun because we have these beautiful, rich discussions. It's such a safe space that people get to share things that they wouldn't otherwise. And everyone is super, it's truly a power sister. They support each other. They celebrate. We cry with each other. We just hang out. It's like, it's so fun.
0: Have you noticed any shifts in the dynamic within that group, within that ecosystem in terms of what people are working on or what they're focused on or what their challenges have been sort of in broad terms?
1: You know, pre-pandemic, it was all about, which I'm sure this is a reoccurring theme, right? So pre-pandemic, it was like, let's get things done. Let's launch the business. Let's tackle the goals. And now it's like, let's talk to her inner child. What does she need? If she wants to do a drawing today, we'll call it that. Let's approach things with much more grace and compassion than like working through your ice bleed, which being a productivity coach, I never supported that mentality of like, work so hard that you can't work anymore, you know? But now it's, so much softer. It's such a feminine time.
0: Hmm. There's definitely a difference between hustle and grind and sustainable productivity. Yes,
1: 100%.
0: So I have a community group that we meet on Zoom twice a week right now. And we used to meet in person once or twice a week for co-working sessions, Mm. meaning we're all people who are self-employed or work from home. And so we'd meet at a coffee shop and we would just like chit chat for a few minutes Each set an accountability goal, and then we would work on our individual things sort of quietly and then like check in at the end of two hours. And then when we couldn't do that anymore, we shifted it to Zoom. We started out setting a productivity intention for the day on the Zoom call, but there have been a lot of days on those calls where people are like, can we not, can we just not have any conversation about productivity today? Whereas, (laughs) Yes. yes. They're like, can we talk about Netflix just for today and like, just let it be that or just not have a goal sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I kind of try to like, because I'm facilitating the group and giving them prompts to respond to, I kind of try to read the room a little bit, right? To see like, is today a productivity day or not a productivity day?
1: Right, right. I think it all comes down to compassion. It all comes down to really understanding how are you existing today? how are we showing up to at this moment? And sometimes it has to do with our choices, right? Like this weekend I bench, which I never do, but I don't know why my body needed it. I had to bench watch this show. And What'd you watch? Grace Anatomy. Okay. <laughs> I know it's so old, but it's the only only show I watch. And so I thought I had caught up, but I realized that I didn't. And I had like, I don't know, it was like six episodes left. And I was like, oh, like a beautiful <laughs> surprise. <laughs> I'm glad that it happened over the weekend. So I slept super late, later than I normally do. And then the next morning, I realized that I was not feeling the same energy because my body needed rest. So I realized that it was my choices that led me to that space, which I wasn't going to like give myself a hard time for it because right. I knew what I was doing. So I think there's that's one of the differences. So I approached it with compassion. Like, all right, you're not in the mental state to do it. So why force it? Yeah. Two, you made a choice that you were very well aware. I mean, you're an adult, so nobody pushed you to watch the show. So it happened. Now, what can we learn from it? Let's move on. So I think it all comes down to approaching things from grace and compassion and really flowing. So as a recovering procrastinator, I give myself false deadlines all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: knowing that I have a cushion here and there, it's great and i also think that people are much more understanding people that are like that have allowed the pandemic to really sink in to teach us something i have calls with people and my dog barks most times and i'm like i'm so sorry and they're like hey you're working from home i'm working from home i mean it's fine so it's bringing out the human side of all of us that we're not machines mm-hmm. so that's another difference right we're not robots So that hustle and grind is like pushing yourself until you cannot. And I've been there. I was there when I was in corporate. I was completely exhausted. I was burned out. That's not fun. We don't come to this world to suffer.
0: You just said a moment ago really quickly, it slipped in there that the pandemic is here to teach us something. And I know that you talked a little bit about this on your show, which we'll have to link to that particular episode. Because I thought it was really interesting, your perspective I think you were talking about human energy. I don't know. I want to let you say it. <laughs> I don't want to try don't to paraphrase. Remember. The I shifted. <laughs> I don't want. To, well, and that's that's a good point. So it was back. I think that episode was that part of your tapping episode, or it was a different Probably. episode. That was back in March, maybe yeah. that that came out. So things were still fairly new, and I've seen this conversation happening a lot, especially because. You know, I have a lot of friends in the yoga, wellness, tarot, crystals, astrology world. And then I have a lot of people that are definitely not in that (laughs) camp at all. I'm in between. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I sort of feel like I ride the line. I'm like, "Eh, okay. And there is a lot of talk about, is there an opportunity here? I guess is the way that I like to frame it. It's not like, oh, this is a blessing for us, you know, or this is like a great thing. Like, I don't want to go that far necessarily, but I I do think that there are opportunities for us. And so maybe you could talk a little bit about how you see that in terms of where the opportunity is or what we could be learning about ourselves or about, I don't know, society right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. (laughs) I think, well, coming from a woman of color, I still have a lot of privilege, right? I have light skin privilege. I have internet at home. I have work. I still have clients. I have income coming in. I'm not losing food or missing toilet paper. So yes, there is an opportunity for a lot of people to learn while at the same time, I don't want to ignore the disparity that happens with people that are actually suffering and that going back to that episode that's what happened that i i literally froze because i was feeling how a lot of my people were literally running out of food i mean restaurant workers housekeepers and hotel rooms all these immigrants, they're really truly suffering in very deep ways. So I don't want to come off as like, it's a great opportunity for all of us to learn to jump into the feminine and because to me, that feels a very privileged statement. So I think we could approach it from a space of how can we give back? And that's what ultimately I, I ended up doing because after I went through this like frozen moment of, I don't know how to show up. Should I keep doing the same type of content or should I switch into this tapping thing that nobody knows about? So what my body and my intuition and my guides and all the things kept telling me is like, how can you give? And maybe you can't do right now a fundraiser for a food drive for the people in whatever neighborhood down here in San Diego or maybe in, in down in Mexico because Mexico is literally 20 minutes from here. So it was like, While you can't do that at this moment, what can you do right now that will help someone? And so that's how I decided to show up. So as far as the learning and the opportunity, I think if you have the resources, the platform, the funds, the talents, the gifts to give, this is the time to do it because there's so much need and giving is not always money. At all. Just like, I i mean, podcasting is free for some, most podcasters, <laughs> right? And so as far as the opportunity goes, I think the opportunity is for those who have abundance and everyone has abundance. We could argue that. But those who, who truly can give it in some way, find the way that you can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think some of the other people that I've talked to have talked about how this the whole experience is really shining light on the systems that aren't working.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, they haven't been working. It's not like they're suddenly not working. Correct. It's, like, it's just more stark. It's more visible. Very mm-hmm. It's very clear. And that can be the systems of society and privilege and lack thereof, for one, on that level. And then there's also, like, the personal systems that aren't mm-hmm. working for you. So there's, like, mm-hmm. a scale of how that's being illuminated. What's also interesting about what you're saying is like, I being you. I released an episode in March in which I said this and now my thinking has already shifted. It's May. It's like two months later and my thinking has already shifted. And I think that a lot of us as content creators from a podcasting perspective had that feeling of freeze where it's like, I should be putting something out right now. I should be showing it for my community. And, (laughs) you know, there's like a, A fear that because things were changing so quickly and because we were like trying to respond, you have a fear of, well, what if I'm wrong Mm -hmm. or what if I don't feel the same in four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks from now? And like you, I've banked some interviews that I've done during the early part of the shelter in place that I haven't released yet, and I was like, oh, I need to reach back out to those guests before I release their episodes just to make sure, like, here are the things that we talked about. Does this still feel true to you? Is there anything that I need to, which I don't normally do that with interviews, right? Right. I don't normally, like, say, oh, do you want to change your story or anything (laughs) like that? But I just need to make sure that things are still relevant and still true
1: because they're changing faster than usual, Totally. And you make an amazing point of one of the lessons from the pandemic is that the world can change in an hour. Literally. yeah, It's that quick and nothing is constant at all. And me being someone who helps small businesses, I mean, with the disaster relief loans, for example, we were getting updates by the minute, you know, like, oh, just kidding that that was the application. That was yesterday. Today is a little different. Just kidding, right? And so, and and that's something that we had not humanity in general with the state of the world, with the technology that we've evolved to create. We were used to like things are nice and choppy and quick and done, and now it's like mm, nope. Like we have some things, but things can still change. So it's made us I feel like appreciate life in a different way.
0: Do you have any advice for the content creator or the podcaster who is in that space where they're unsure of what to say next or how to show up next as a leader in terms of things shifting and changing?
1: I would say own it. If you're thinking one way today and tomorrow you think a different way, own it that it was a different day and really show up in the realest way you can because that's what the world needs. Otherwise, you're going to stay overthinking. (laughs)
0: Pam, is there anything else that you want to share with Podcast Envy listeners today? Anything that's coming to your mind right now is something
1: that we would need to hear? What's coming to mind is a phrase, and I have it written here, and it is by Rumi. It's amazing. And it basically says, the wound is the space where light enters you. I love that because at the end of my shows, I close with Stay Shining, and stay shining comes from our emotional scars that we all carry, that people don't see. And there's another kintsugi, it's the the ancient art of mending the broken with gold. And so that phrase, "the the wound is the space where light enters you basically illustrates all of it, right? That we are all broken right now, but that doesn't mean that we cannot continue to shine or try. And through those wounds, that's where light comes out always stay shining. Podcast Envy
0: is produced by your podcast boss, Andrea Klunder. That's me. The Podcast Envy theme music is by Valentin Sosnitsky, courtesy of the Freesound Project at freesound.org. And our podcast Angel Music is by Benjamin Masterpolito, also on freesound.org as Lemon Cream all music is licensed under the creative commons our episodes are mixed by edwin ruiz and hey if you want your show to sound as good as ours hire us put the magic audio mojo of the creative imposter studios to work for you thanks so much for listening and here's to making your podcast the envy of everyone else